0: Hello and welcome to Billikin and Babble. My name is Carter Chapley. Thank you for tuning in and listening. I know it's been a long time since this feed had something put into it. Um, unfortunately, some of that is just life. I can hopefully shed a little bit of light without going too deep into the minutia of what's going on. in And in, in work and in that kind of thing about what this show is and why it happened. And, and, and what it's going to change into as we move forward. Um, it's not an answer, I think a lot of Billiken fans will love to hear, uh, but it's one that I think will make it more manageable and, uh, something that I can continue to do more reliably with less, uh, big gaps like we just saw occur. Uh, the reality of the situation is, and the reason for the change is that in just before the, the new year, middle of November, really, uh, there was a change at work where my role at the post-dispatch changed a little bit, uh, from then until particularly March, when baseball season comes back around, where uh, I'm working less in the content uh, creation side of things and more in what I would describe as the back end. It's a change for the better. It lets me grow in a position to one day um, have a more prominent role within the PD. Uh, I think that change is a a good thing. And that's the only thing I wanted to say about that. Uh, Definitely learning a lot. I've been doing it now for about two months. It's an important role at the PD, and I'm happy to be doing it, but it's a change, and it, it's a change from what I was doing all summer with the base, with covering baseball, which I will likely go back to doing in a more prominent way, maybe not 100%, but like 80% or 75%, it doesn't matter, the math isn't important, come March when spring training comes around, but it left me in a position where, in the off-season, where I could cover the Billikens in the ways I've been doing it in the past, but it left me with a more loose schedule in the baseball off season, where I could book guests and I could edit and I could post on my own time, and I could do things that made more sense from an hour's perspective. Now, with this role, it just leaves me with less time, less flexible time. I'm still working very similar hours. It's just less flexible in the way that I do those things. So I have to so booking guests, organizing, editing, and then getting it posted in a reasonable time that make you know for away games or for home games. It just wasn't gonna happen, so it stopped happening. It wasn't. I didn't have a say in the matter. It was just I couldn't manage it, and so I'm changing the way we do things. In a sense, the change for Billikin Babel will probably be more of a change that leans towards the title Billikin Babel. It will make more sense that way. We will actually babble about the Billikins. I'll try and have people on to talk about the Billikins. Uh, I've talked to a few people who are already interested in babbling about the Billikens and doing more freeform loose stuff. Uh, now is not a great time, obviously, I understand that. It's not a great time in Billiken land, especially with the performance of the basketball team. That kind of changes the tone of all of SLU athletics, but it's still something that, you know, um, is worth covering and worth talking about. Um, but it's, it's you know, something to, to some, it's going to be a change. Uh, with the old version of Billiken Babble, which I started as a I found a hole basically to fill and you know, it was kind of inconsistent and that's why I didn't see the success I thought it would. That's on me. Both seasons have been interrupted by really major career changes for me uh, or job changes. That's not the best way of putting it, but changes that led to all of a sudden like, Oh, I don't have the time to do these things anymore. Oh, I don't have the flexibility to do these this anymore. I came into it with best intentions. It just didn't play out the way I wanted it to. So, um, babble will change more into actually babbling about the Billikens and talking with people about the Billikens and, and and sharing more insight from my own perspective about the Billikens in a less time-friendly way, uh, probably hoping to keep it within that same kind of, like, I, I don't plan on talking here for two and a half hours unless all of a sudden the format really changes or if there's a real desperate need from the fans. I would say that if you're looking for a long-form podcast like that, I would go to Midtown Madness Pod or the West Pine Bills or any of the, you know, that's probably more what you're getting at. Uh, the post-game spaces will become more consistent, hopefully. There will be a post-game spaces for after the St. Bonaventure game. There wasn't one for the same reason as I was talking about earlier after the UMass game. My schedule just didn't allow for it to happen. I didn't li- It didn't line up properly the way I needed it to. Um, I mean, I, I, to. To be completely honest, I just needed to be up earlier than I thought I would need to be. And so staying up to talk hoops just wasn't on my calendar so you know that's w- what it is unfortunately i'm doing a lot of all my billikin coverage is overtime for the record I, like i'm not that's not for the pd that is for me i like doing it i'm developing my own personal skills it's it's not my job to cover the billikins i, I want to make that abundantly clear it's not a great time in billikin land i did want to provide this podcast because i couldn't do a twitter spaces where i usually am able to like insert some of the sound from from the other you know from the post game, and, and it was an odd post like after UMass. And it felt like it was a good time to kind of check in with the fan base and talk about what's going on with the team and doing so in a more produced way where I can input some of those sounds. What's going on right now with, with SLU, uh, especially after that UMass loss, they go on the road, they lose 90 to 81. The problems with this team are abundantly clear. It's impossible not to see Travis Ford on the hot seat. Um, and it's important that when I say these kinds of things, I want to frame the conversation as being, I like Travis Ford. I think he's a great guy. I think he is a really good coach. I think he's a really interesting person. Uh, he's been very kind to me. He's the first coach I've ever covered, um, as a job per se. So like, he's been very kind to me in that way, um, I wouldn't be doing my job if I, if I looked at what the result of this season was, though, and said, oh, yeah, no, things are fine. It Things are not fine. And I think, well, there's two things to say about that. One, things are not fine. They're not. This team is not performing the way you, you want them to. It's You can't take this season, which was built as their case in point, for success, this was the culmination of the recruiting classes. You know, like Jordan Goodwin and Hassan French came almost a year early or two years early. They were great gets, and they set this program up for success by giving this team leadership, like appointees, giving them guys to look up to. And then you get the next class, which is you know like yuri and Gibson and and TJ and um, who else was in that class? Um, I think those are the only three in that class. But then you kind of start building from there. And this was supposed to be, I mean, the, all the hype was there. They were getting votes in the AP Top 25. They were, they were supposed to be ranked. We're talking about it at-large bid, second weekend, stuff like that. This is, this is the proof of concept. This is the, everything that has been happening under Travis Ford's reign for the last seven years is this. This is what we're going to move forward as. because We're going to be competitive. Because after this year, um, it was a large fall off. Everyone is expected to be gone. I, I don't mean to be fatalist, but that's how they're treating it as. Everyone. We already know, unfortunately, and it's going to come up eventually, so now's a good time as ever. Fred Thatch's career is over. They'll, there will be a moratorium on Fred Thatch's um, obituary um, for his career. He's obviously not, you know, the obituary's a bad term. Okay. We <laughs> We're not going to talk about that just yet. That deserves its own full conversation, Fred Thatcher's career as a Billiken. It's been an amazing career that the stats don't captivate why Fred was so um, influential to this Billiken program over the last, you know, half decade. He has been a he's been a definition of a Billiken. He's been a leader in in that. And, you know, we can talk about that at a larger scale. They're not expecting to hold on to Gibson. That might change, but, you know, it's better to operate thinking you lost someone, then he's a a gain. Um, Javante's out of um, uh, eligibility. They're not expecting to keep Yuri. Francis, out of eligibility. Uh, Jake, out of eligibility. Um, So basically, you're running it back with the only two guys who are getting any kind of playing time uh, who would be coming back next year would be... Sorry, Javon Pickett, also not coming back, would be sincere and now... Uh, Larry Hughes Jr., which is that that was the that was a bright spot of the UMass game. That's fair to say, that was a bright spot. But those are the, so you, next year was going to be another rebuilding year, but then you would look to this team and go, Oh, that makes sense. Like, oh, this is a, um, this is what they're going to be again. This is the goal. They've, they did it last year. You can take a year off, develop, and then start rebuilding the coffers to build a more long term successful thing. COVID got in the way of all this. Um, uh, undoubtedly, COVID got in, all, in the way all of this. Javante's you know knee giving him an extra year, uh, like getting hurt last year, giving him an extra year, changed the trajectory of this team. But that was gonna be that was gonna be it. It's not performing. It's not working, and you can't take this team and say this is what the best of it looks like, and go yeah I want that again. I think it's fair to make questions about like is this the recruiting you want to do? Is this the right group, the right combination of people that you want? As a recruiting class, how do you make changes from there moving forward? Uh, is Can Travis be the chief executive officer, essentially, of that next mission? Because this is what he did this time. And and when I say off the top, like, I, I like Travis, no one deserves it more. Like, look at his tenure with this team. He's, he's navigated this team out of the gutter. And that can't be ignored. And I know people are not going to be happy to, to talk about that. Listen, like, I get it. People want to win, but you have to look at the... Maybe you don't. Maybe it's my job to look at the larger picture. Taking this program from where it was with Cruz, through COVID, seeing it to the other side of it, losing family members in the process, coaches in the process. Like, it's just... It's it's having Javante go down last season, having Fred go down this season. Like, injuries are a part of life, but they're devastating. They're devastating. And it's it's not fair. It really isn't, but that's that can't be an excuse that cannot be a production uh, excuse. And so it's a frustrating place to be in. So I sit, I sit here as a person who freely admits to uh, very much thinking that at one point, Travis Ford was the guy to lead this program through the other side of being successful of being not sorry. Successful is a bad phrase. Being a perennially NCAA team that is beyond successful being a mid-major powerhouse one that can prove to be a relevant year over year participant in in college basketball discourse um i thought he had i thought he had the the vision i thought he did a lot for this program it would be intellectually dishonest of me to sit here and go that shouldn't be questioned that that the, it, it, he's on the hot seat he ha- like what is the like you can I don't know if you can, and I don't know at this point if you can win it back over the course of a season, right? Like over the next, what would it be, 16, 17 games, 18 games, depending on how they do in the A-10 tournament. Like, it, it, is this, like, you can ask the question, is this Richmond from last year? Is this uh, Slough from 2019? Is this, is this, is this? And it's like, I just don't see it yet. I don't see the the light through the tunnel. I don't see the 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 horizon among the trees. It just doesn't make sense to me. The guys aren't gelling. They aren't a team. They aren't a um there the, the team lacks leadership. The team lacks vocal leadership like uh for for example, um something that I thought was really disappointing after the UMass game. And I said this to some other folks um and I said this to uh In both journalism, uh, alumni, uh, those within the athletic department, I've said this to, uh, and and I haven't heard a good answer back is like, okay, so for example, SLU loses to, um, who was it, Boise State at Chaffetz Arena. Fred Thatch Jr. was the one who sat at the podium alone. They never answer questions alone. Two players always come out, whether it's one at a time or tw- or both both at the same time. It's Travis Ford and two players. Fred Thatcher Jr. answered for that loss alone. That's a team leader, right? That's a team leader. After UMass, who did do who does the team send out? Who are the who are the two players who are willing to step up and answer for that loss on the road? Now that loss on the road doesn't it's not as dramatic as a loss at home, but you, you get my catch my drift. It was Jake Forrester and sincere and uh, sincere Parker. A transfer who has played limited minutes from the junior college level, getting his first real opportunity of success, calling to answer for a loss. And a transfer who is your backup center, who had a really good game, undoubtedly, but is not the definitive leadership of this this team answering to the press. And, like, listen... Good leadership is not answering to the press. I'm not trying to sit here and say that I, I or Stu or any of the TV people or any of the radio people are that important. We like we do not like, you answering to us is not important. But it does say something when like for four years, Jordan Goodwin, after every loss, sat at the podium. Jordan Goodwin misses two free throws to lose a game to Davidson at Chaffetz Arena in 2019, and he's at the podium. That's t- like I think that's telling, and there's n- and there isn't someone on this team that does that. So there's that. That's uh, it's undoubtedly the team is at a loss for leadership. They are mentally in the gutter. Part might, part of that might have been Fred is hurt. Everyone knew it after the game. It's impo- like that's the kind of injury. A torn ACL is the kind of injury where everyone knows after the game whether that leaks out to the media. Um, I would say if it leaks out, that'd be really unethical. Uh, it should be held within the doctors. But you know, with Javante's, we knew because you could like see it with Fred's. It wasn't as obvious, uh, but you can kind of make some of those assumptions. And everyone's shaken up. Okay, fine, but still, to not answer to the media, what concerns me most about this team, and to make me think that there's no, that the light at the end of the tunnel isn't coming, is that Travis feels Travis is at a loss. That that is the best way I can describe his post game. Remarks. So this would be a good time for me to start playing some of the audio from the post game with Travis, where he he talks about he puts together combinations, he puts together things, he recognizes that, that some of his athletes aren't as good and the defense isn't working. And how do you put together the right combination to maintain defense while having offensive threats? And, and you know, what, what, what does that look like? And it, it just seems like he's at a loss. So here is Travis Ford from the post game Zoom at UMass.
1: And we fought all the way back, and we had it. you know, we made some adjustments time but And I thought we were actually in decent shape because I thought we played horrendous first half. I thought we were bad. And we were fighting some things. We didn't, you know, guys were worried about Fred. They were like, oh, no. You know, you could see it in their eyes. You know, we didn't get off to a great start um, with them driving. With some, we didn't get off to a great start based on scouting reports and stuff we were supposed to do. We didn't do. Um, that's as irritating as anything. Uh, it's one thing they make tough shots or they do something that we don't think they're going to do or something. But for them to drive us in the paint and keep driving us, you know, we actually rebound the ball pretty well we're um, a team that rebounds the ball well. But we just didn't have enough. We didn't have enough contribution. I mean, we don't make free throws. I mean, it's just we're, we just got to help ourselves at some point.
0: So that's Travis talking about the the team – and about not sticking to scouting reports and that and that's frustrating
1: yes and getting more from people and people playing a complete game basketball's played on both ends of the court this is not football where you get to come out on defense and you get to play offense or you get to just play defense you know you got to be able to play on both ends of the court for your team to have a chance to be successful uh or you're an average or below team um and you know, and, and that's not direct to anybody in particular. We're just not getting enough complete games from everybody to, you know, and we understand some of our better offensive teams may not be some of the better defensive teams, and some of our better defenders may not be some of our. So we have some – we've known that for a while. We've tried to mix it up and figure it out. Uh, but there's too big of a drastic – I mean, it's um, – we're going to figure this thing out defensively because it's just not like, this is not, I'm not used to this defensively. Um, You know, um, we'll figure this out somehow, some way.
0: So that's Travis on the team and not playing complete games and and trying to put together the right combination of offensive and defensive performances. And it's just not working, right? Like that's, that's the thing. It's just not working. And, that's a frustrating place to be in because like, you've just lost your best defender. What do you do from here? Um, But the, the point is, is that like the point I'm trying to get to is that like, it's impossible for, with this team, with this team in specific to not place when he says some of our best offenders are not defenders and best defenders are not like offensive players. It's like, whose fault is that? This is the team you recruited. Like, when you're putting together roster construction, and and sure, you can make the point that, like, this team hasn't performed on either end the way any player you hoped to was, right? But, like, you put together this roster knowing what you needed. And defensively, this team is not built to be a defensive juggernaut. It was always a thing that you hoped Travis could coach. And, like, when you look at, because when you look at who's your starters are, right, like, you're going to run out there, any version of your best roster is going to run out there a combination of um, Gibson Jimerson, Javante Perkins, Sincere, um, and, 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 you know, that's your wing defenders, and they're not standing in front of anybody, and that's not their fault, we knew who they were. Do you want them to play better? Yes, they should be playing better, there has to be more, uh, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, that's that's frustrating, like, you can't win basketball games like that when you're base when you can't stop wings and you're toast. You're a toast. And this team went from being really, really talented, can shoot with anybody to toast way too fast. And and that's frustrating. I do want to play one more clip for sure because it made the rounds as a really odd one, and I tweeted this thread and I felt like it was important to give the conversation its full play. So that people understand what happened. So this is an interaction I had at the end like I asked Travis a question and here's the audio of it completely unedited. Coach, do you feel like what you're experiencing with this team is that it's different? the problems are different every night? Like you're not seeing consistency or that you're seeing the
1: same issues arise over and over again. You're seeing the same team I am. I watch every game.
0: I, right. But you're I mean I'm I'm you're the coach. You're seeing it from a different perspective.
1: Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I can see read your stat sheet, and obviously, you know, there's, you know, we are who we are athletically, you know, we are who we are. So, yeah, I would say some nice some guys play a little harder than others, but we're having drastic, drastic inconsistencies in whether it be turnovers from certain guys, whether it be not finishing around the rim for some nights or not making threes one night or whatever it may be. There's drastic hills and valleys. I mean, it's, just, it's, just, it's as drastic as I've seen as far as consistencies is occurring. I don't know if in all of our games if we've got everybody clicking at the same time. And that being connected has been an issue to chemistry a little bit. I've talked about that and getting everybody really surprised complementing each other on the court, offensively and defensively, it's it, 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 we've got to figure it out. It's, been, it's, it's nothing new, to be honest with you. It's nothing new. I noticed very early. It's just we've got to get some consistency in the effort. Maybe I know that a little bit more than you do, and I understand that and what we're looking for scouting report-wise and who's doing that and who's not doing that. But then you can look at the stat sheet and see it. I mean, that that part, I mean, you know, there's telltale signs when we don't play well. I mean, do you not agree that? I mean, there's certain things, yeah. that, I mean, y'all may not study it like I study it, but there are certain things that happen when we don't play well. I, 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 I guess what I'm just saying is like, like you were saying, like with the scouting report and stuff
0: like that, there are things that like, you know, if you're adhering to that better night in, night out, or if you're
1: adjusting for one thing going into a game and you're, and to cover and up I, another. It's, area. Not, it's not that they don't want to do the scout report. It's not that it's not that they're not paying attention. It's not that they don't, We just have trouble trouble sometimes athletically doing it, you know, having the pop and the energy and relentlessness to to execute it. Uh, And, again, it's not something that's new. Um, I've noticed that. and We've got guys that are really struggling defensively, really struggling. And um, other teams know it, too. And so we've got to figure that out. We've got to figure out combinations maybe, but gosh, I don't know how much more I do. I mean, that's all I think about is trying to figure out how to get a defensive team in there, but then you got to figure out how to score.
0: So that's the interaction I had with Travis, and it was an incredibly odd one because like I've never quite had that kind of interaction with Travis before uh, where I ask about if he's seeing consistency, if he's seeing, uh, and the point of the question I was getting at was, are you, is it every time you cover for one issue, it's exposing a hole in another, or are you seeing just radically different issues that you can't catch up with to adjust? And he said, and I mean, you heard his answer there. Um, it's the same team you're watching every game. Um, and he's not wrong. I mean, like, I think we all can see the issues. And and, and that that's something I wanted to get, I got to earlier in the show was um, if there's nothing that's happening with this team that Travis Ford doesn't know. Right. Like it, th- that is a whole other issue that you could probably address with a different set of coaching problems in other programs this year is that like there are issues with the team that the coach doesn't even know about. That's not this. That is not this. This team. Its problems are clear and the coach knows about it and he talks about it just just like there. You're telling me that this young team, this group of student-athletes doesn't have the pop, zip, or relentlessness to adhere to a scouting report to to physically keep up with their other student-athletes? Like, I just don't understand that at all. And he's saying it, he knows, and it's a problem. But again, it comes back to this whole thing where it's like, in the NBA, in the NBA, if What's a good example? I'm a Raptors fan, so I'll say this. In the NBA, Nick Nurse coaches the team put in front of him. And it's his job, no matter how interconnected or in lockstep he is with the front office in Masai Ujiri, the the president of the team, who creates the roster, Nick Nurse gets a roster of players, and it's his job to create the best basketball team you can out of the 15 people put in front of you. That's his job. And whether that's with Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry, or... Uh, Jeff Dowden and Yuta Watanabe. Those are two A-10 uh, players, folks. That's what I do here. That's his job. Travis Ford, to a certain extent, picks his players. He is the general manager and head coach of his basketball team. Is it free agency where he can sign whoever he wants and he can kind of mold it like that? No, you have to convince young men, 18-year-old people, to come to... Um, your school and play for your team. And that's not always ideal. Like, there, are, like we saw it in the offseason, right? Like, um, there are prospects that guys, uh, like Andrew Carr, who ended up, I believe he went to Wake Forest, uh, the tra- transfer from Delaware, they, put, they went so hard at getting that person, at getting that player. Didn't want to come to SLU. Nothing you can do about that. But this is the team that he created. And, and like, you have to answer on both accounts for it. And that's... I don't envy the guy, but man, that is, it's just not enough right now. So, I think I've said it in enough different ways. I wanted to play some of the audio. I'll I'll leave it with, you know, I can play some more. Um, But the quotes I gave were largely an accurate representation of what was said post-game. It's time to look, I mean, at the end of the day, we just have to kind of go along for the ride on this team a little bit. The the, the reality of the situation is, is that no one's losing their job right now. No one is... There's not going to be a change um, in the next day that's going to make things different. Just kind of got to go along for the ride. Same bottom entry coming up at Chavits Arena, 3 o'clock on Saturday. I'll be there. I'll do a post-game spaces afterwards. Um, that's another tough game. Mark Schmidt is one of the best coaches in college basketball. Uh, he's got a really down-year team this year, but yet they've still managed to figure some stuff out. Losses to a lot of poor programs with are 2-0 in conference play with wins over George Mason and UMass. They blew the doors off UMass, uh, which makes it, you know, was that Bonaventure or whatever? But, you know, this is this is Slew's conference home opener and this team needs to respond. If, there's, if they're not going to respond after Fred Batch goes down for the year, I don't know what's going to make this team give them that, as Travis called it, pop zip and relentlessness. Um, with, with Fred out, I think you're going to see a lot more minutes from Sincere, You're going to see a lot more minutes from Larry. Um, I was really impressed with Larry Hughes Jr. playing point guard and having some comfortability playing that role with Yuri Collins out. Um, I'm hoping to see more. That's a really interesting development. Um, He's always been a gamer. He's always been a really good player. But I think the expectation was that he was probably a year away um, from having even this level of contribution. And he's doing it now, so he's ahead of schedule. That's excellent. I'm happy to see it. So that's... Billiken Babble. We're going to do this a little more often. Where we're going to babble about the Billikens a little more often like this. Uh, if you want to sit and listen to a 30-minute um, monologue, thank you for doing so. Uh, if you don't, that's been and Babble, and we'll see you next time.